I was praying and I wrote down a little thing that I, I said because I thought, you know, that sounded good. You ever done that? You know, been praying and you thought, you know, that's good. You can be seated if you'd like. And um, as I read it, it doesn't really look as good as it did the day that I said it. <clears throat> but here goes. You know, I was I was in, in the zone, I guess, and I was praying, God, you are a holy God. And me, I'm a chosen vessel. Why? Because of your plan. Not mine or anyone else's plan, but yours. And that struck me. I thought, you know, that wasn't me that was saying that. That was God, and that's not just for me, but that's for each and every one of us. We're chosen vessels because God chose us. Because he had a plan for your life and for my life. And we're not just something to be discarded because we're children of God. You know, and it seems like you have to be pretty bold to say that. And God gives us a holy boldness to overcome the world. And a lot of the world that we have to overcome is right up in here. And I hope that makes sense because that's where I fight my battles. Um, I'm going to attempt to allow God to speak to you tonight. It's not me. So if it's if it's good, if it's good to you, if you get something out of this, it's God. If it if you don't, that's my fault. You know, it's it's me. It's not you. It's it's me. So I want to turn your attention to the very beginning, Genesis 1 and 1 through 4. I gave them notes, and it was great. Look at look at it. They're up there. <laughs> In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and I'm going to read it from up there because it's bigger print than down here. <clears throat> and the earth was form, without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And he's still doing it today. Lord Jesus, we come to you, Lord Jesus, with an humble heart, God, and a contrite spirit, God, realizing that it's all about you, that you have the plan, and that your words, my God, is what makes a difference. And we pray that your words would reach down into the hearts of men and women tonight, and that you would make a change, Lord Jesus, that you would mold us, God, into your likeness, that you would touch us, my God, with your spirit, and that you'd draw us nigh to you. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus, and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.
Okay. Verse 1, God created the heaven and the earth. And this verse established ownership. It's God's. He's the only one. Verse 2, without form and void. You know, that's kind of how our lives was. Without form and void, you know, no real plan. At least mine. I didn't have a plan. Uh, nobody wanted me to hang out with their kids. <laughs> you know, my plans, you know, they was... Uh, very sporadic and not very good. But anyway, uh, form and void, and God said, light. Let's have some light. Let's look at this thing. And he saw that the light was good, and God divided the light from darkness. And it's happening today. It's happening in my life. It's happening in your life. Um, I was thinking earlier that this month I turned 47. Yeah, 47. I didn't even think I would make it to 47, you know, as, as a kid. But when I started this and I had my spiritual birthday, I knew that I could make it. Because there was a, a message in that very first sermon that I heard that and I don't know exactly how it went. You know, I'm, I can't remember that far back. But I do remember the gist of it. And it was, whatsoever you place into my hand. This he was talking about God. That I'm able to keep. And I thought, God, I can't keep nothing. I can't, I can't do anything on my own anymore. I said, but I'm going to give my life to you. And I'm going to expect you to keep it. And he's done just that. And if you're having trouble with your life, give it to Jesus because he can keep it. He can do it. You know, the, the life that he has and he gives to you, it's, it's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> now, God saw the light and he said it was good. God talked, and all was good. Adam, he talked. He named the animals. He even called his wife, which didn't have a name at that time. He called her woman. You know, everything he said was, was good. And then there was another critter that came along in verse or chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 of Genesis. <clears throat> now those are small words up there. Now the certain was serpent was more subtle than the beast of the field which was which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, <clears throat> Yea hath God said ye shall not eat there of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Hmm. And the serpent 
the serpent, you know, he was more subtle. He caught that. Because I don't believe anybody told Eve, if you touch it, you're going to die. And if you did, Adam made a mistake. Because that's not what God said. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. <clears throat> now the serpent spoke, and it wasn't all that good. Because he deceived Eve. Eve was deceived. She ate of the fruit. And then Adam, I don't know what it would have been like. I can, you know, guess about it. Might have been okay. Had Adam just said, you know, all right, she did wrong. What are we going to do now, God? It might have been different. But he said, no, I'm going to eat of the tree too because I love her. I, that's all I can get out of it. <clears throat> but, you know, from that time on, Sin entered into the world, and we've been hearing voices. Voices that talk to us about who we are, what we could have been, what we uh, may have been, what we should, we shouldn't do. These things, whether you're good enough or bad enough or what what enough, that, that confuses and, and it messes with our heads because... <clears throat> we really don't know what to do with it. And I'm probably going to lose some of my um, track because I'm not very good at following notes. <clears throat> but Okay, I've already covered that. I have got notes. I don't know if we'll get through them tonight, but uh, hopefully we'll get to a point to where God might deal with your heart. That's that's the whole goal tonight, for God to deal with your heart. And I know that many of you out here got the Holy Ghost. I, I really don't see too many out there if I see any at all that ha don't have the Holy Ghost, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but if you don't have the Holy Ghost, God wants you to have the Holy Ghost. And I want you to have the Holy Ghost. I would say everybody in here wants you to have the Holy Ghost. And it's yours. You can have it. <clears throat> if you do have the Holy Ghost, then you're probably like me from time to time and you fall and you have to get back up and you have to ask forgiveness because Paul, I believe, he said, I die daily. I, now, I really don't know exactly what he meant about that other than he messed up just like I do, just like you do. You know, there's, there's a God that wants to help you out of those times when you fall. And I've left my notes. But he wants to help you. Uh, there's 
I've wrote this down and uh, we ask ourselves questions like is this going to be pleasing to God we have to make a choice you know is there a gray area where it's okay it may not be exactly right but it, I think I can get by with it you know I don't know if you've been there. I've been there. But I want to say this. It's been 47 years. I'm amazed. I'm amazed that I've held on to anything that long. I would go to a job and as soon as I got pretty good at it and they wanted me to stick around, I'd get bored and I'd go someplace else and learn some other trade. You know, it's crazy. <clears throat> I didn't know what I wanted. Uh, now, I did at times when I was drunk or, or high or something and in trouble and I'd be laying out on the ground someplace and I'd look up and I'd say, God, if you'll get me through the night, if you'll let me live, I'll live for you. But somehow or another, I always forgot that. And I know I wanted to live for God, because even from a little kid, I was dealing with God. I'd look out of my window, my bedroom, and I'd look at, we had a 57 Chevy panel wagon. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. Some probably do, some probably don't. But... I really liked that truck, car, whatever it was. And I could dream of it as being a candy apple red and, you know, have some nice tires on it and everything and it running good. And, I mean, I could envision it and I'd say, God, if you'll let me have that car, I'll live for you. I mean, I was like maybe 12. It was probably immature of me at that time, but anyway, God was still dealing with me I knew that he was looking for me I knew that I wasn't pleasing to him but I thought I could probably deal with him you know and and make a make him an offer that he couldn't refuse I don't know <clears throat> but time and time again I would make that same promise uh, or one like it uh, one time I was in the air in a car I didn't know when I was going to land and I didn't know what was going to happen when I did but it was like God if you let me live I'll live for you I had plenty of time I mean it was it was well over a football field that I was in the air so I thought well you know so far so good uh, dad wasn't happy with his car you know, but we lived through it, and um, I didn't, I really didn't have much of anything with that, but you know, I forgot that promise, I didn't really forget it, I just kind of put it aside, and uh, time and time again, I'd make the promise, I was on a telephone pole, or a light pole, we was stringing power lines, I was about 120 feet up in the air, 
the pole bent over because the line got caught in a bell and it had pulled the cord over and there was a a storm coming in, black clouds, lightning, and everything. It was pretty crazy looking. And they said, we've got to get that pole un uncaught, you know, before we can leave. And nobody was volunteering, so I don't know why. I volunteered. I went up there, and about the time I was looking, I was hanging upside down, and I was looking around, and I thought, God, if you'll let me live till I get on the ground, I'll live for you. And it wasn't a day later I forgot it again, you know. I don't know why, but <clears throat> it was a day that I was getting ready for a, a keg party. Some of you might know what that is. Some of you might not. But I was inviting some friends of ours, and they was preacher's sons. I had to go through the preacher to invite them. Uh, I asked if they was there, and he said, yeah, they're, they're here. What do you want? I said, well, I was going to invite them to a party. And he said, okay, I'll get them. By the way, we're having revival tonight, and I'd love to have you come. And I thought, okay, well, thanks, you know. And when I was getting ready for the party that we had spent months planning and a lot of money buying provisions for it, and we had a goat roasting on the spick, spigot, and it just it was going to be a great time, I heard a voice in my head or wherever, it may have been in the whole room, I don't know, it felt like it, that said, you need to go to church. And I thought, am I crazy? Where'd that come from? Nobody was in the room. And after a few moments, I just went ahead and put on my rock and roll t-shirt. At the time I was pulling it down, it came again, it said, you need to go to church. And it was just like that. And at that point, I thought, you know, this is just too strange. I've got to go to church. So I told my brother that was in the next room, and he thought that was pretty strange too. But I went to church, and I didn't make any promises that night, you know, uh, as far as, you know, I'm going to live for you, God. It was God decided to talk to me. And he'll do that to you, too. Maybe not in the same way, but he does that to people. And he draws us to him. And that night, I'm... This has gone to my testimony. Did you notice? But that night, I was given promises that he'll never leave me, that he'll never forsake me, that he loves me. And I didn't think anybody loved me. I didn't. But I heard that he did. And I've always heard the song, Jesus Loves Me, Yes, I Know. For the Bible tells me so. And I believed that. And I knew God was able to do anything because 
You know, he created the whole universe. I mean, there's nothing that he can't do. I knew that. But when he let me know in my, in my soul that he loved me, it changed me. And I wanted to love him. I wanted to love him with everything that I had. And it changed my life. It changed my life that night. I mean, he forgave me of of my sins because I repented. I <laughs> repented. <clears throat> he delivered me from drugs. He delivered me from alcohol. He delivered me from cigarettes. He cleaned my mouth up. Uh, the things that I did that was just dragging me down all the time and I knew they was wrong he took them away from me that night and it was crazy but he didn't give me the Holy Ghost and I couldn't figure out why so I went back the next night and I did the same thing over again and I repented just and I sobbed and I snotted and everything else and it was just crazy but I felt like I had to do it and I still didn't get the Holy Ghost. But Sunday morning, things were different because there was one little thing, and it was insignificant probably to most everybody else, but it was something that I really liked. It was an old car that I had that I'd been working on for several years, fixing up and doing this and doing that too. And uh, I couldn't think of anything else I, I had you know, hadn't given to God. And I said, God, if, if it's that car, if you want it, you can have it. And just like that, he gave me the Holy Ghost. I thought, well, you know, that was great, you know. Uh, I stood up. I raised my hand that felt like I was floating in air. It was the most amazing thing that had ever happened to me. And I'm sure that you have stories like that, that that you can tell about how God delivered you and gave you the Holy Ghost. But it was, it was amazing. Never have I ever experienced anything like that before. And so that week, I got that car on a trailer and I took it to the junkyard and I gave it to him. I'd given it to God. I wasn't going to have it anymore. I wasn't even going to profit from it. I just decided, you know, God, you own everything. You can do this. I mean, this is this is yours. <clears throat> but anyway, I want to preach to you tonight about voices and choices. Voices and choices. You heard it. Voices and choices. We hear voices all the time. We're faced with choices every day, all day long. Every choice that we make, I believe this with all of my heart. 
no matter how insignificant, it changes our life, even by a minute fraction. But enough of those minute fractions can be a whole degree. And if you're out on the ship and you're sailing and you're off by a degree, you could be miles and miles off of your coast when you reach the coast. If you hit the coast, you may hit another coast and name it America instead of China. You know? But <clears throat> these choices we make, I believe that they're all, you know, we can we can steer back, you know, we can make a, a little bit of an error on a choice, and we can make a redirection and get back on track. But if we don't get back on track, if we keep making choices, if we have a big choice and it puts us off by a lot, then it's it's much harder to get back on track because of the guilt and the shame and, and everything and the voices that come into our head, you should have never done that. Why did you do that? You're no good. God can't love you, but God can love you, and God can bring you back, and you can make that choice to come back to him. <clears throat> I believe there's a scripture that says something like this. I'm not a I'm not a Bible quizzer. But God forbid, you know, should we sin? God forbid. But if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, which is Christ Jesus the righteous. We have an advocate that can put us back on track. If we was to repent of that bad mistake which we made because we're human, because we're fallible, because this flesh is carnal. You know, it's not, it's the flesh we battle with. It's especially that soft stuff up there. At least I do. Joshua put it this way, choose you this day whom you'll serve. You know, choose the Lord. And there it is. But I'm already off my notes, pretty much, and, and I've I've wandered a little bit. <clears throat> but I'm not sure that that's all bad. Some of this I didn't expect to say. Some of it I did expect to say. I'm hoping that God's speaking to your heart and trying to let you know that he loves you in spite of any any mistake, whether it be big or small. He loves you, and he wants to draw you back to him, or he wants to draw you to him for the very first time, whatever the case may be. God loves you, and he gave himself for you that you might have life, that I might have life. This is a note that I wrote, I don't know how long ago, because I didn't put a date on it, 
that it reads this, God knows our past better than we do. God knows our future, our end of this life. We can't know our end. We can envision and plan for it, but we, not, we can't know it. But God is so much more interested in our present because the choices we make now is what's going to make our future. The choices we make will tell whether we endured to the end or if we missed the mark. I'm relying on God. I know that I can't do it all on my own. Uh, I don't plan on doing it all on my own. I'm planning on leaning on him because I'm not strong enough and neither are you. You can't make it on your own. You've got to have God and you've got to have each other. Uh, we strengthen our each other. Uh, Brother Terry, you strengthen me. Uh, excuse me, Brother Lee, you strengthen me. <laughs> Brother Bobby, you strengthen me. Brother Sammy, you strengthen me. We all have something to offer each other. Uh, I, I want to say this, and, and I mean this with all of my heart, and it may seem just a little bit mushy or something, but I love you. I love each and every one of you because God's put a love in my life, I didn't used to love everybody, but I do now. I mean, you don't have to be super special in your own opinion, but you are to me. Um, I may not understand everything about you. I may not even agree about everything that you do, but that doesn't mean I don't love you because I do. Something has changed in my life, and I know that something's changed in yours also, or it's about to, because God wants to do something in your life. I'm going to, I'm going to skip down through my notes, because I've already missed a bunch of them, and Isaiah 40 and 3 let me turn to that. Isaiah 40 and 3. Uh, oh, that's not 40. There it is. I was reading 39. That just didn't look right. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert, a highway for our God. And when I was reading this, I thought, you know, how do you prepare the way? How, how do I prepare the way of the Lord? I mean, what do I do to that? Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in, a des in the desert 
The desert is a dry place. It's a place that's void of, of a lot of life-giving things. Now, I know that there's life in the desert, but you know I'm not that naive. But I do know that I'm not going to live very long in the desert. Uh, but it says, prepare you away in, I'm going to say, uh, the dry places, in the places that are void. Prepare you that way. Make straight the highway. <clears throat> the highway is a place that's <clears throat> easier to travel if it's not there. You know, if it's if there's no highway, it's much easier to travel on a highway, especially a four lane or six lane or or you know even a bigger one as long as there's not a lot of crazies out there. But you know. You've got everything going one way on these divided highways, and it's, it's pretty nice. And they're straight. They're not goat paths, you know. So let's make it an easier way to get to the Lord. Make an easy way in dry places for people to find God. How do we do that? Well, one, we've got to start with realizing who God is, that God loves us, that God's calling us, that we have a purpose, whether we know it or not, and that we can know him and that we can repent of the sins that drag us down and weigh us down. And we can be baptized in his precious name. And we can be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then we can be endued with power. Power to be a witness. Power to change lives. Not that, not that we do it, you know, by some kind of mystical, magical thing. But the power of God working in us. We can change lives. And you can change lives. God, help us. Help us not to follow the voices, Lord, that would distract us, that would turn us, Lord, from you. That we might hear your voice, the voice that spoke things in being that was good. God, and you're still speaking good words today into our lives. And I pray, God, that you would help our spirits hear those words, Lord Jesus to be directed by your spirit, that we might meditate upon your words and that we might seek you out, Lord Jesus, that we might seek your face and that we might find you near. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, and I pray for each and every one here that you would touch our lives and that you'd draw us near to you, that we might be a witness and that we might be a soul winner for you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.